0: Welcome! Welcome to A Resonant Life, produced by The Time Is Now Productions. I am Mike Thompson, your host and Reflector-in-Chief. Over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we will discuss experiences and insights about living a life devoted to uncovering our authentic selves and finding fulfilling purpose from the past, the present, and the future. To kick off our discussion, I'll share my opinions gathered from my life and experiences. Opinions between people are various and we don't all need to hold the same ones, but it is fun to hear the opinions of others as it gives us an opportunity to freshen up our own. If you enjoy and gain insight, please subscribe and share. If you have questions, please email them. And as always, nothing we cover here is a proscription or a prescription it is a discussion of life and life's internal and external experiences so let's get to it hello hello and welcome welcome back thank you for joining me today whether it is listening via Apple or Spotify or watching on YouTube. However, however you choose to join, I wanna thank you for sharing your time. As I've said many times, it is really special that we can come together and make efforts to uncover and discover ways, means, and methods in which we can cultivate more abiding happiness in our lives and plant the seeds of happiness in the lives of others, especially those closest to us, but also all of those in the world, especially, especially those who are suffering from war, conflict, and natural and human-engendered disaster. Okay, let's dig in and get to it. Today, today I, I'm going to start with a bit of a confessional. So I, I met up for lunch the other day with some friends. We, we went to a nice restaurant in a newer office building. So where we ate was just a bit more high-end than the kind of place I usually go to for a quick weekday lunch. This was sort of a luxurious holiday lunch. There were tablecloths even at this place. And it was fun to get together over tasty food. It was the kind of end-of-year thing where what happened over the course of the previous year is kind of rehashed. And then that's followed by conversation about what's in the works for the coming year, that kind of thing, kind of review and plan or review and make goals. So after about 90 minutes or so, it was clear that we should probably give up our table. Uh, There were people waiting. So we all pitched in our share to pay the bill. And this process went a little bit differently than I'm used to and got off kilter. One of my friends, who I rarely have lunch with, actually, um, they put out the exact change right away. And and I thought I was keeping things simple following suit. But of course, I, I didn't have exact change, nor did my other friend, for that matter. So after some comic confusion, some bad arithmetic, and rejiggering of the pot, we got it together, at least sort of, <laughs> and... and getting it together as we did, there were a lot of coins. Remember that. This is an important part of the story. There were a lot of coins. So I've, I volunteered to take this coin-heavy pot to the cashier to pay while my friends scooted outside. It was, it was a small place, very small. And the three of us, uh, we were on the larger side, so it just made sense to get scoot two of them out and have one of us take care of the business. And then to add some comedic detail also, the podium where we were to pay was, was squeezed in between a table and a wall. And did I mention this place was a bit small and cramped? Yeah, it was. (laughs) And we're a bit larger? Okay, so I did mention all that. All right, so you can imagine it. So let me say it again. It was small and cramped and awkward. And the waiter was obviously a little bit stressed out. Stressed out by the situation, but also just basically stressed out because it was a busy lunchtime. So as my friends were squeezing out the door, I was squished up against a wall And another server was wriggling by with food. And it all caused the waiter who is handling our bill on a little tray to drop a coin. And when it fell, this coin made a loud and harmonic ching of all the coins we'd given him. Of all the many coins we'd given him. He wasn't sure which coin he dropped because he hadn't yet counted them. And so he dutifully looked around on the floor and, but couldn't find it. And I looked around kind of cursorily and, and I couldn't find it. I didn't see it. At least I couldn't see it without crawling around other diners' shoes and under their tables. And I don't think I'm going to do that. So anyway, it would have gone over well, right? So I, w- I, I was convinced though, from the sound that it made, ding, I was convinced that it was a larger coin. In fact. I was quite confident that it was a 500 yen coin. And anyway, the waiter got back to counting the money we gave him to pay the bill. But I noticed that the change he was counting up, sure enough, there was no 500 yen coin there. And a 500 yen coin is roughly $4 or so. And the size, it's about the size of a US 50 cent piece. See, we had given enough coins so that the change would result in only bills, right? We give exact change up, up, rounded up, and then the change back would be only bills, no coins. And I realized because there was no 500 yen coin on that tray, he was going to come up short by 500 yen, and then the change he would give me would include a 500 yen coin. So because of this, my assessment, (laughs) from my observations, because of this, I was convinced that what he had dropped was the 500 yen coin that we had given him. So I, I said something to him like, excuse me, but there was a 500 yen coin there. That is what fell on the floor. And I could see on his face that he was starting to feel more stressed out. Honestly, I was starting to feel stressed out too. Four bucks is four bucks, hard earned. And he started hunting around on the floor again. And after all, we both knew if coin fell, right? Because we'd heard it after he got jostled. He knew it fell, I knew it fell. We just didn't know what it was. I assumed it was 500 yen. It rang like a bell when it hit. So he looked and hunted, I looked and hunted, Mm, no coin. And i looked at his face again and he he looked even more stressed he had customers to take care of that were waiting for their food he had food in the kitchen waiting to be delivered and this whole bill paying thing was taking a long time it seemed and he didn't speak english and and as we know my japanese is not good so instead of trying to explain again i went to the other side of the podium and I looked farther afield for the coin and voila, I found it. And it was a 10 yen coin, 10 yen, not a 500 yen coin. So now I'm thinking, did he drop two coins? I didn't hear the ding of two coins. So I gave him the 10 yen coin that I found. And then he started giving out the change again, this time less stressed and more confident because he realized that he had the right amount to give us change plus a 500 yen coin. And he was even relieved because he believed the drop coin fiasco was behind him, but he was still giving change that was 500 yen short in my opinion. And so I made kind of a complaining plea about the missing 500 yen. And he looked at me with a face of despair So uh, I just decided to relent and just say daijubu. But I said it with a tone. (laughs) There was a tone. Daijubu means basically, okay, fine. Daijubu is one of those words with the meaning changed by the tone, context, and nuance. Daijubu. 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 Right? so my tone and context and nuance was aggrieved and not kind it was not kind at all with some relief he gave me the change and the receipt and then i kind of briskly turned to leave but then he called me back he 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 wanted to give me coupons or point cards or something and i i rather impatiently and maybe rudely <laughs> I'm sure rudely again said, daijabu. And I, I left, just psh, swished out the door. And I'm sure that my tone was even more harsh and unfriendly with that final daijabu. Because when I left the restaurant, when I went outside, I, I immediately, I got hot and red in the face. I could feel it. I could feel it. I was embarrassed. And I was ashamed. And as I, I felt my, my cheeks burning, I thought to myself, even though I'm out 500 yen, I, I didn't need to make that guy's day worse. Especially at the holidays, right? A little kindness instead of grievance would have been better. Patience instead of frustration. Uh, a little less attachment to the money and the service of a smooth, kind interaction forbearance rather than acting like I was being cheated. At least these are are the recriminations that were kind of rushing through my mind. So I got out, rejoined my friends, and and they asked what had taken so long. And, you know, I briefly explained. And God bless them, they immediately wanted to go back to correct the situation because their Japanese is much better than mine. But, but at this point, I just, I just asked them to let it be. I just wanted to put the whole thing behind me. As we left and walked on, I, I was still feeling pretty regretful about how I'd acted and how I'd engaged with that waiter. So as we walked, I just kept, I kept apologizing to him in my mind. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. I hope you have a wonderful day despite my attitude. Please don't remember the nasty guy. Please remember all the people who are nice to you today. Blah, blah, blah. I wish you the best. This is all in my head, right? And as I was playing the scene over and over in my memory, my my hand was busy absent-mindedly jingling coins in my pocket. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I froze. My My fingers were sending a message to my brain that we had new information. My brain had new information to share and that there was something unexpected. My fingers had detected a 500 yen coin in my pocket, a 500 yen coin that shouldn't be there. A 500 yen coin that I thought was given to the waiter as part of making exact change in coins. And my fingers grabbed onto the errant coin and pulled it out. And sure enough, there it was, the 500 yen coin I thought had fallen on the floor. If I felt bad before, I really, really felt ashamed now. I'm I'm even blushing again, recalling this. So I, I felt my heart sink. And... I just was feeling disappointed with myself, and my cheeks started to burn even more with more shame. and i I finally realized in that moment, I realized, right then and there, what did I realize? Can you guess? A spiritual cue. There it was. Sitting in a negativity or a negative situation and an opportunity, To do something different. Remember spiritual cues? These are the moments in our lives when we step back from negativity and look at how we can learn from it, the situation, and be better because of it, and awaken our hearts and minds to being nicer, kinder people, becoming a person others can rely upon. And this is our project, right? This is our project. And so here I was, right in the middle of a great opportunity in the middle of a lobby of some office building. When I realize that I'm the jerk in the room, that's my opportunity to change myself. And I was definitely the jerk in the room. Okay. Before we go further, taking apart my spiritual cue and uncovering some things to learn and change from it, I do want to pause for a minute to, um, I, I don't know, I guess I want to explain my motivation for a resonant life. I feel this is a good time. I want to explain why I'm working on this and sharing with you. Because I do this podcast and share this path and journey to creating abiding happiness some people might think that i believe i have some extra realization or sense of wisdom or something truly i don't (laughs) i'm the jerk in the room but but i'm sharing this journey and sort i don't know what do you want to call it a public diary instead of keeping everything in my mind I'm sharing it out, hoping it connects with others and, and that, that others, that you, will also find those moments in your life to take apart and learn from and move forward on. The only special thing I have, besides a microphone to talk into, is, is some experience with some very special teachers from whom I have tried to learn from over the years. And I am happy to share all of that in any way I can, I feel compelled to share that. I, I'm a firm believer that the blessings in my life—they are to be shared. And having had the opportunity to learn from some of these very special people, these were blessings, and I want to share them. Okay, going going back, in a sense, one day it occurred to me that that I had a sort of—I I guess I. Gotten a spiritual roadmap. Um, maybe it is more of a guidebook. I don't know. At any rate, I had a method and path to work on to be a person who experienced and and shared abiding happiness. But all I have is that map, that guidebook. And I I don't fully understand them at all. There's no like place names, there's no east, west, north, south, there's no directions. It's just sort of a, a vague map, a guideline. I've no special skills or ability to follow the map and walk the path. I just keep going forward and reflecting on where I've been, how I got there, and where I'm trying to go. That is why I'm doing this, sharing the map, so we can all go together, each of us helping the other, We all bring different experiences, skills, abilities, talents, and drives to our life's project. And we all bring unique and different hindrances. This is our karma, our unique karmic realities. And between all of us, we've got a broad pool of experience, tendency, insight, experience, and wisdom to pull from. And, and like sandpaper on wood, we can smooth our rough surfaces together. You can't make a surface smooth with only one surface. You need that grit, right? And that grit is the negativity and looking at it. The only thing I can say with confidence about myself is, I am sincere. I am sincere in what I say. I am sincere in what I do. I approach this project and I share it with sincerity. So no, I am not special at all. As you can see from today's story, I can be a thoughtless jerk more often than I'd like to admit. Probably more than I even notice. I'm certain more than I notice, a jerk. Despite all of my intention and wish and aspiration and work and effort to not be a jerk, To not be thoughtless, still, I can be. But I'm working to change, to improve, to take action, to be better. That's what I'm inviting you to work with me on. So, this gets us back to my story. What did I uncover from my spiritual cue? (laughs) Oh my gosh, so much. So many layers. And I'm going to. I'm going to try my best to share at least a few of them, but they will be tinged by a bit of Buddhist understanding. So bear with me on that, okay? Buddhism provides such a great context. So the first is this um, remember the the three poisons described by Buddha? This is one of the foundational teachings that he shared when he first after he first achieved enlightenment. These three poisons were greed, anger and ignorance. And in this episode, I managed to get a bullseye on all three. Greed. I was focused on the money and being cheated, right? Anger. Okay, while not angry, I was definitely feeling aggrieved. And that's cutting the border of anger for sure. Ignorance. I was operating on an assumption that a 500 yen coin had fallen and was missing. And that assumption I was operating on, I believed a certainty. And I drew many incorrect conclusions from that assumption and that fueled my greed and anger. Vicious circle. So after explaining causes of suffering, greed, anger, ignorance, the Buddha always explained what the antidotes to these sufferings and misconceptions are. In this case of the three poisons, one of the main antidotes is to identify and then release attachments. So I turn my attention to releasing my, identifying and then releasing my attention attachments. Okay, so that's a pretty broad and generic antidote. And in my case, I took my antidote For the future, for the next time, as to when I see a complicated transaction coming, to focus all of my attention and intention on making it smooth and letting it end as it does. To not worry about or cling to the money, rather to let it go, let it go to others if need be, to treat the person serving me with grace, and to keep my mind in a prayer for harmony. That's the antidote I created. When I'm in a situation where I feel like something's not going right in the transaction of money or in the settling of a bill or in any kind of interaction, to step back from that and not to get grabbing onto something, grabbing onto money, greed, right? So keep my mind in a prayer for harmony instead. So, this strategy provides a concrete antidote to each poison. Greed is defeated by generosity. Anger is defeated by grace, extending grace toward others without condition. Ignorance is defeated by keeping my mind and heart in prayer. For harmony and the well being of all involved. Think of it as a heart of giving. This does not seem too overwhelming. It seems doable, doesn't it? So, looked at another way if one always expects to be cheated or feels that one is vulnerable to being cheated, then one will always see cheating and be alert to being cheated. Antenna up. But at least for the small transactions of our daily life, if if we release this clinging and clutching to money, then we can become agents of generosity instead. And if we always extend grace to others, especially those we see in stressful situations, like my waiter, situations we may very well be a party to or a cause of, we can ease that stress by standing down, letting go of demands and expectations, and instead focusing on the person across from us, focus on their happiness. At least focus on them experiencing less stress, not being the cause of their stress. And then having this prayer, and taking actions to make this so. Doing this, we become an agent of grace. Finally, if we just accept we may not be right, that things may not be as we see them, that maybe that 500 yen coin isn't dropped on the floor, maybe it's in my pocket, if I can let go of all those assumptions and accept the situation as it is, then... We can stop demanding satisfaction for things we may not be entitled to. And we can stop being aggrieved when we don't get them. Then we become agents of giving, of harmony, of peace. Two different paths. Two completely different experiences. One direction, being a victim to the three poisons, is a path which has little happiness, little harmony, no peace. And the other, one where not only are we agents of generosity, grace, and giving, we are causing happiness for others. Our own spiritual advancement is not ever only a benefit to us. It does benefit us individually, but more importantly, it benefits so many others. So from today, from today, I will remember the three G's, grace, generosity, and giving. Generosity instead of greed. Grace instead of anger. Giving instead of ignorance. And I will try to use them in all my relationships and interactions with others. All of them. In every situation. And and I will turn them on high, high beams, if I detect myself starting to be a jerk. So being a jerk, and a real jerky jerk, I was able to find another way to act in the world a way that will create happiness instead of misery. This is a win. Thank you so much. Thank you for working through this with me today. I feel we've uncovered some good road signs for the spiritual roadmap to abiding happiness. And we now have the tools to turn negative situations ones where we might be acting like jerks into positive ones that help others with the three G's, grace, generosity, and giving. I look forward to our next get together. What wisdom can we uncover next? I can't wait. Thank you for joining today. If you enjoyed what you heard here and want to hear more, please subscribe and share. If you'd like to share your own experience, thoughts, or ask a question, please send an email to resonant.social. Theme music is courtesy of stock audios distributed by Pixabay. A Resonant Life is from the Time Is Now Productions. Your support in all its many forms is deeply appreciated.